Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Puma Podcast. Hi, ako si Siti Fariza and Esmail. Isa akong Bangsamoro and a fourth-year college student nag-aaral sa Notre Dame Religious Virgin Mary College of Cotabato, taking a Bachelor of Secondary Education major in English. I am one of the program managers of the local management team under the Central Executive Board of United Voices for Peace Network Incorporated. We empower the youth, especially those from Mindanao, to help safeguard the gains of the Bangsamoro peace process. At ako naman si Trisha Aquino. Isa akong journalist at podcast producer. Isa sa mga bagay na sinubaybayan ko over the last 10 years ay ang peace process sa pagitan ng gobyerno at ng MILF o Moro Islamic Liberation Front. Tinutukan ko rin ang pagbuo ng Bangsamoro Autonomous Region in Muslim Mindanao. Nakikinig kayo sa Balangkas ng Bukas, Stories of Major Policy Reforms, isang podcast ng Youth Leadership for Democracy o Youth-led. A project of the Asia Foundation and the United States Agency for International Development, powered by Puma Podcasts, with the support of the United Voices for Peace Network. In this podcast, we look at how we won the rights, freedoms, and privileges we have now. At babalikan natin ang lahat ng pinagdaanan natin para mabuo ang mga mahahalagang polisiyang nagbibigay ginhawa sa buhay nating mga Pilipino. Titignan natin kung paano nangyayari ang reforma. And in this season, we'll talk about the BOL or the Bangsamoro Organic Law. Noong huling episode, pinag-usapan natin ang kasaysayan ng Bangsamoro. We touched on the sad reality na hindi na ituturo ito sa ating mga eskwelahan. At dahil hindi alam ng maraming Pilipino ang kasaysayang ito, kulang sila sa compassion o empathy para sa mga bangsamoro. Kung gusto nating magsimula ang paghilom ng hidwaan, kailangan nating pag-usapan ang nakaraan. Yes, at the Trish, kaya tayo ay nag-journey to the past. Dinayo natin ang pre-colonial period which includes the Islamization of native Filipinos through Muslim traders beginning in the 14th century. Napag-usapan din natin ang Spanish colonization at nalaman natin it was the Spaniards who first used the word Moro in reference to the Muslims they encountered when they arrived here. Moro is from Moors. These were the Muslims from Northwest Africa who invaded Spain in the 8th century. We also talked about how the Spanish and American periods were full of conflict between the Bangsamoro and the invaders. It was during this era that the divide between the Bangsamoro and the Christianized natives began because it was the latter who were the foot soldiers of the colonizers in their campaigns against the Bangsamoro. Nagsimula rin ang problema ng lupa noong panahon ng mga Amerikano. 
kung saan nagpatupad ng mga batas na nagpatalsik sa mga bangsamoro mula sa sarili nilang lupa. O oh, ba? Six centuries in under 60 minutes of an episode. Time machine yan? Korak! And then, nag-fast forward tayo to an independent republic. It has been a bloody last number of decades for the Bangsamoro. And a time of underdevelopment too. Diretsohin na natin. Kahirapan. Tatalakayin natin yan sa episode na ito. But we'll end with something that's more positive. The beginnings of the peace process and the hope that it paves the way to prosperity. We have a very special guest in this episode and I'm very excited to have her here. Sa amin sa Bangsamoro Autonomous Region in Muslim Mindanao o BARM, talagang iniidolo siya ng marami as a champion of women's empowerment. Ako si Ana Basman mula sa Bangsamoro Transition Authority, isang member ng parliament na naging aktibo sa peace process mula ng 2013 nung kalagitnaan ng mainit at talakayan tungkol sa mga controversial at uh, substantive issues ng peace negotiations hanggang sa nakarating tayo doon sa comprehensive agreement at ito nang atin siyang ini-implement. Welcome, MP Basman. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. Okay lang po ba to get a bit personal? Could you tell us more about yourself? Okay. Uh, lumaki ako sa, at pinanganak ako sa Metro Manila in the 1980s. Doon din nakapag-aral mula sa elementary, high school, college hanggang sa abogasya. Tapos namulat lang sa katotohanan ng aming komunidad, mga Bangsamoro, mula sa kwento ng aking mga magulang na nagmula sa ang aking amay galing sila ng Dilsur. So doon ako nagkaroon ng exposure sa realities ng um, the people that I belong to, who are the Maranaos and who, are also, who also form part of the Bangsamoro. My mother is from Metro Manila, so she's also born there. Her roots are from Pangasinan. So, two worlds colliding in Metro Manila yung aming story. At nakakabisita po ba kayo dati sa hometown ng papa nyo? Uh, we would spend a few weeks in Marawi City. But that was when we were very young. Siguro natigil yun before we started high school. So, when we were very young, mga from five years old, mga up to grade three siguro, every summer, we would uh, take the boat pa kasi madami kami eh. Lahat kaming magkakapatid, lahat kaming magkipinsan, kasi yung pamilya ng uh, father side ko, all of his siblings as well, were already based in Metro Manila. Of course, now we know of a different Marawi, no? but the Marawi that I remember of my childhood uh, is relaxed. Very uh, new sa akin yung site of fields that you can see animals in the flesh, yung mga kalabaw, mga baka, mga kabayo. I can imagine po. Makakita nga lang po ako ng ibon sa syudad. Namamangha na ako eh. Pero ma'am, what was it like for you back in Manila? Kami po ni Ate Trish, we just took a crash course in Bangsamoro history. And we know that it's really one that's filled with conflict. All these wars and clashes, did it affect you in any way? I didn't feel like it had a direct impact on my family. But personally, as a student who would also see those news, and who would read about all of these things where 
Moros or Muslims, Filipino Muslims are referred to as a certain uh, as having a certain tendency in violent terrorist. Uh, may impact sa akin yun. I always felt na kapag merong gera, kapag merong or may bombing, may mga ganong klaseng ibabalita sa, sa news, sa TV, sa radyo, sa dyaryo, laging at the back of my mind, inisip ko sana hindi Muslim. Kasi for sure, yan na naman ang magiging mukha ng isang Muslim sa komunidad na kinabibilangan ko. So sa Metro Manila, nung panahon ko, uh, I felt na wala pang masyadong mga Muslim noon. Wala ko masyado nakikitang nakahijab or nakabelo. So parang pakiramdam ko, outsider na outsider ako nung panahon na yun. Ganun yung dinaranas ng mga tao na ang pagkaka-explain pa sa akin ay may gerang ganyan kasi may mga karapatan na nilalabag. What would normally be uh, entitlements of a citizen living in, like myself, in Metro Manila, would be a uh, difficulty parang would be uh, something that needs to be asserted by people who are living in those uh, communities yung ang naapektuhan ng mga gera so parang para sa akin hindi lang naiintindihan ng mga tao kung bakit ganun yung uh, sitwasyon at ganun yung pakikipaglaban ganun na lang yung pakikipaglaban ng mga taong nasa Mindanao ng mga Moro na nasa Mindanao at ngayon, dito pa sa ganitong mga sitwasyon, nadidemonize pa sila. At ang response pa ng gobyerno ay girahin sila, paulanan ng mga bomba, not realizing, maybe for people who are not from there, that these are going to affect children, mothers, mga sisters, brothers, mga youth like us. So ganun yung pakiramdam ko na parang ang bigat sa pakiramdam pero that's not something that you are able to share or find other people who can relate to. It sounds like there was a lot of this feeling of being alone, ano? There was a lot of struggle and a lot of pain. And of course, part of feeling like an outsider is the prejudice that you have to face. Pwede niyo po bang pag-usapan to, yung discrimination? Many manifestations, eh, Trisha. So, nung bata ko, kapag magta-taxi kami ng nanay ko, for example, hindi kami paparahan. Minsan, uh, kailangan pang merong... Nari, yung tatay ko na lang yung magpapara ng taxi para hindi... Parang hindi naman mukhang... Wala namang ganong, hindi naman siya nakabelo. So, pero pag sumakay na kami, parang makikita mo sa mukha ng driver na tatako. May mga ganong instances. Yung making a mockery of pagtatanong ko, for example, na wala bang baboy ang kinakain namin. Yung mga ganong klase mga bagay, uh, already uh, parang inculcated in me a sense of difference. Parang ang, at some point, ostracization removed from what others were experiencing. Na hindi siguro sinasadya, pero yun yung general parang feeling eh. Yun yung neglected na, na feeling nung mga panahon na iyon. Na... Ibang-iba, of course, doon sa nararamdaman ng mga Moro na nasa more, predominantly Moro communities. Thank you for being so open with us, Mom. I actually have a similar experience with MP Basman when it comes to taxes. Whenever I go to Manila, nahihirapan akong sumakay ng taxi. It feels like they avoid me because I wear hijab or they're afraid of me. It's a tough world for us. Buti na lang kahit papaano may grab na. It's something I take for granted and I'm sure a lot of our listeners ay mapapaisip dito. 
we can go around easily because people aren't prejudiced against us. And these experiences that you, City, and MP Basman have, these are just a few examples of what Muslim Filipinos in general, and the Bangsamoro in particular, are forced to deal with because the rest of us Filipinos don't respect their identity or your identity. So, balikan natin yung usapin ng identity. Very basic yung tanong, sino ka ba? Kung titingnan natin yung dictionary, ang ibig sabihin ng identity ay who a person is or the qualities of a person or group that make them different from others. At ang natutunan ko sa usapan natin, City, ay nakaugat yung Bangsamoro struggle sa fact na the Philippine state put aside or didn't acknowledge the Bangsamoro's own unique identity. And in fact, inimpose pa nga ng Philippine state yung sarili nitong identity on the Bangsamoro. Tama yan, Ate Trish, no? Actually, kahit kami mismong Bangsamoro, I don't think we have a uniform answer kapag tinanong kami kung ano ang Bangsamoro identity kasi parang napaka-subjective niya. At kaya nga tayo bumabalik sa kasaysayan ng Bangsamoro ay dahil gusto nating malaman kung ano nga ba ang identity naming mga Bangsamoro. At kaya ngayon, kasama ulit natin si Professor Termizi Abdullah. Nagtuturo siya ng History of the Bangsamoro People and Indigenous People sa Mindanao State University. Prof, nung halit tayong nag-usap, We talked about the stories of martial law and how the dictatorship really left a mark on the Bangsamoro people. Naging bayulenta talaga ang panahong yun. Pero bukod po kay Pangulong Ferdinand Marcos, sino pa po ba ang mga presidente ang nagkaroon ng impact sa Bangsamoro? Masama man o mapabuti man? Si Ramos din because of the signing of the 1996 Final Peace Agreement. Even even during the time of Cory, no? Cory, kasi sa time na ni Cory nagkaroon ng uh, autonomous region in Muslim Mindanao, no? Nung panahon ni Pangulong Cory Aquino, pinuntahan niya si Noemi Suari, ang leader ng MNLF o Moro National Liberation Front, upang makipag-dialogue sa Sulu. Nagsimulang mag-usap ang gobyerno at ang MNLF tungkol sa autonomy. Pero muling nabuhay ang conflict sa pagitan ng dalawa nang i-implement ng gobyerno ang provisions ng autonomy sa ilalim ng bagong saligang batas kahit na tinutulan ng MNLF ito. Ano pa po ang mga bagay na nag-stand out sa peace process noong panahon ni President Cory Aquino? Yung RA 6734, no, the organic law that established ARMM. Ah, naipasa naman po yun noong 1989. Ang ngayunin ng batas na ito ay mag-establish ng isang autonomous regional government na sumasalamin daw sa ideals at aspirations ng mga taga-ARMM. Matutulungan din daw ng batas na ito na makamtan ng mga taga-ARMM ang quote, Autonomy, Democracy, Peace, Justice, and Equality. Noong panahon naman ni President Fidel V. Ramos noong 1993, nag-resume ang peace talks sa pagitan ng gobyerno at ng MNLF. Pumirma sila ng ceasefire agreement at tulad nga ng sabi niyo, Prof, napirmahan ang final peace agreement sa pagitan ng gobyerno at ng MNLF noong 1996. 1996 din nagsimula ang peace negotiations sa pagitan ng gobyerno at ng MILF. Napirmahan din ng dalawa ang agreement for general cessation of hostilities noong 1997. And then, time uh, era, no, yung all-out war, no, that was also a uh, historical injustice, no. 
malakihang displacement ng mga Bangsamoro. And one of the worst images from this period was of then-President Joseph Estrada eating lechon and drinking beer inside a mosque in the MILF's Camp Abu Bakar. Yes! And for us, the mosque or madrasa, which is an Arabic word for any type of educational institution, whether secular or religious, sacred place yan. President Estrada and some members of his cabinet brought in three trucks full of beer. Talagang masakit para sa aming mga nananampalatayang Islam yung ginawa niyang yun. I mean, ako, katoliko ako, but even I know kung gaano kabastos yan sa mga Muslim. Sobrang bastos talaga. Eating pork and drinking alcohol are two of the most serious sins we, Muslims, can commit in our religion. I think it is general knowledge that Muslims do not eat pork. In fact, parang isa na siya sa pagkakakilanlan sa aming mga Muslim. We appreciate our friends with different faiths who know and respect that. The same way as how we feel insulted when people mock us like Arab did. Ang nangyari nito in July 2000, after two months of relentless fighting between the military and the MILF, Camp Abu Bakar, which was the MILF's main camp, was captured by government troops. Sa sobrang saya ni Arab sa pagkapanalo niyang to, he flew to Camp Abu Bakar and, quote, brought trucks of lechon and cold beer to feed the conquering soldiers, end quote. That's according to a Minda News article by Froilan Gallardo. And of course, he brought the media along to capture the moment. Quote, Together with the generals, Estrada posed in front of captured machine guns, computers, and other military equipment for TV crew and photographers, and, with the assistance of his generals, raised the Philippine flag in assertion of sovereignty. End quote. If you look at it at a trish, not only was the Estrada administration declaring war in a militaristic sense, pero kahit sa cultural and religious sense, nilapastangan nila ang mga tao doon. Kasi ang Camp Abu Bakar naman at that time, according to Minda News, mayroong communities apart from the combatants. May mga farms, public markets, and small businesses even. The MILF was even running a system of government based on the Sharia law. At ano ang consequences ng all-out war na ito? According to research by the Asia Foundation, more than 1,000 were killed and over 750,000 civilians were displaced. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What about the time of President Gloria Macapagal Arroyo, Professor Termizi? May event po bang nag-stand out? Yung Guerra sa Bulio Complex in 2003. So I did a bit of research on this, Prof. Ang nangyari pala, inakusahan ng militar ang MILF na may tinatago raw silang members ng isang kidnap for ransom group sa barangay Bulyok sa Maguindanao. And ang ginawa ng militar, pinomba at pinagbabaril ang complex for Two weeks. That's 14 days. What's worse, nangyari ito nung Idil Adha, which is the Islamic Feast of the Holy Sacrifice. Para sa mga listeners natin na hindi familiar sa Muslim celebrations, imagine if binomba ang lugar nyo during the Christmas season. Ganoon kalala ang ginawa sa bulyok. Ay, nako. Grabe. I'm just shaking my head here, city. And anywhere from 60 to 200 MILF men were killed. Marami ring sugatan. Uh, natatandaan mo ba tong incidenting to? I was just one year old when this happened. But for my parents and others, talagang tumatak ito sa isip nila. And imagine, during these days, that incident happened when Ustad Hashim Salamat was literally delivering his sermon. He is like a symbol of hope for all of Bang Samoros. And that happened. There are so many terrible things about it. And here's one more. Thousands were displaced because of this. At ayon pa sa Minda News, mga isang daang bakwit ang namatay sa evacuation centers dahil sa iba't ibang sakit. And karamihan sa kanila, mga bata. Napaka-pamilyar na ng naratibong ito at the Trish. Every time may enkwentro sa pagitan ng armed groups at ng militar, daan-daan talaga ang lumilikas. Kung sa ibang lugar sa Pilipinas, natural calamities ang nagpapalikas sa mga tao tulad ng baha at pagputok ng bulkan. Sa maraming parte ng Bangsamoro, sagupaan ng mga armadong grupo ang sanhi nito. This reminds me of yung speech ni Secretary Ging Dallas, yung dating Presidential Peace Advisor, She was speaking in 2014 at the signing of the Comprehensive Agreement at the Bank Samoro. Ito yung final peace pact between the government and the MILF. Pakinggan natin. I also remember the gift bestowed upon us in the person of Ibrahim Raman, a village leader of Pigawayan, North Cotabato in Mindanao. One night in August of 2008, amidst the distant clap of cannons and gunfire, Ibrahim woke up to the sight of hundreds of children of all shapes and sizes in front of his house. The children were apparently told by their parents to flee their homes for safety, by themselves, without food, with only the clothes they wore and their frail bodies. In ragtag fashion, and with the bravado of hardy sons and daughters of war, they crossed the Libungan River in Bankas to safer sanctuary and landed, luckily, in Ibrahim's front door. Ibrahim called out to others in the community. They took the young ones in different homes, 
fed them, and sheltered them in the madrasa. In a state of confusion, the child refugees or bakwits would cry themselves to sleep and wake up not knowing where their parents were. It was weeks later that their parents came for them and brought them back home when the guns were silent for a while. Ibrahim would later lend his 10-hectare ancestral land to these children's families, whose areas of residence kept changing, depending on when and where it was safe, depending on when and where the bombs fell or the guns roared. Ang ganda ng kwento, ano? Pero ang lungkot din. Today on social media, nakakakita tayo ng images of refugees sa international news. Yung mga Rohingya sa Myanmar, yung mga sibilyan apektado ng bakbakan sa Syria, pati na rin yung mga mamamayan fleeing the invasion of Ukraine. Pero nakakalimutan natin na right on our doorstep, so many people are being forced to flee their homes at ilang dekada na itong nangyayari. Exactly. Yung internal displacement dahil sa militarization at armed conflict, mga 3.5 million people ang apektado mula 2000 hanggang 2015. Ayon yan sa Transitional Justice and Reconciliation Commission o TJRC. Ito yung body that's made up of an international expert plus representatives from the government and MILF peace panels. And ang layunin nila ay magkaroon ng healing and reconciliation. Siyempre, tuwing nagdedeklara ng all-out war ang mga leader natin, dumarami rin ang nagiging bakwit. Pero balikan natin si Professor Termizi. Sir, napag-usapan po natin yung tinatawag na internal displacement. May isa pang nag-trigger dito in the 2000s. Yung nangyari sa Mawaad, Memorandum of Agreement on Ancestral Domain, the impasse of the Mawaad, yung, yung 2008 na mga encounters ng attack. Thanks, Prof. Nabanggit nga natin na yung peace talks between the government and the MILF mula pa ito noong 1996. Kaso nga, nagkaroon ng all-out war noong 2000, panahon ni Pangulong Joseph Estrada. Nang nag-resume ang peace talks na involved na ang third-party facilitator. Ibig sabihin, hindi na gobyerno at MILF lang ang nag-uusap. Malaysia in particular, yung mediator along with other countries and international organizations, Nagkaroon ng draft Memorandum of Agreement on Ancestral Domain o MOA AD na pipirmahan na dapat ng dalawang panig noong July 2008. Palalawakin nito ang dating autonomous region in Muslim Mindanao na tatawaging Bangsamoro Juridical Entity. It would have a basic law, its own security forces, pati na rin financial, electoral, and legislative institutions among others. Pero maraming nagprotest na rito. Baka kasi ang resulta nito ay isang independent state. Kaya ang Korte Suprema naglabas ng temporary restraining order laban sa MUA AD. This triggered fighting from MILF elements and more than 500,000 people were displaced. But apart from the sheer scale of violence, talaga namang isa pang form ng injustice ay yung neglect ng gobyerno sa Bangsamoro. So just listen to these statistics. Noong 1997, panahon ni President Fidel V. Ramos, 57% ng mga pamilya sa ARMM ay mahirap. Ito ang rehiyon na may pinakamataas na antas ng kahirapan sa buong Pilipinas. Compare that, 
sa National Capital Region na 6% lang ang poverty incidence. 57% versus 6%. The inequality is shocking. Noong 2012, nabawasan naman ang antas ng kahirapan sa ARMM. Pero nananatili pa rin itong may pinakamataas na poverty incidence sa lahat ng rehiyon. 48% ng mga pamilya sa ARMM ang mahihirap noong 2012. Kumpara mo yan sa 2% ng NCR na siyang pinakamayamang rehiyon. Mabuti na lang at pababa pa rin ang kahirapan sa BARM as of the latest numbers from the Philippine Statistics Authority. Noong 2021, 39% na lang ng mga pamilya sa rehiyon ay mahirap. Pero malayo pa rin to sa 5% poverty incidence sa Metro Manila. We were talking about Bangsamoro identity earlier in this episode at the Trish. A huge part of what binds the Bangsamoro people is this history of underdevelopment, internal displacement, and violence. At nakareflect din to sa findings ng Transitional Justice and Reconciliation Commission pagkatapos nilang mag-interview ng 3,000 tao mula sa iba't ibang komunidad sa Mindanao mula 2014. Ang una nilang nakita, ang Estado raw ay nag-commit ng systemic violence o karahasan laban sa Bangsamoro. Pangalawa, nagkaroon daw ng culture of impunity. Ibig sabihin, may mga nagkahari-harian na ginagawa ang kahit anong gusto nila ng walang parusa o consequences ang actions nila. At pangatlo, talagang pinabayaan daw ng Estado ang mga komunidad na ito. Yung exact words were deep neglect sa panig ng gobyerno. At ang sanhiraw ng lahat ng ito ay ang pagsasantabi ng Estado sa sariling identity ng Bangsamoro. It's painful. It's sad. And it's not something that is recognized by majority of Filipinos. Pero yun nga, ba? Diba, sabi ni Professor Termizzi sa last episode, para maghilom ang mga sugat, kailangan nating i-acknowledge na nangyari ang mga bagay na ito in the first place. We have to recognize as a Filipino people that these historical injustices were committed. Yes, Siti. And this is something I'm learning. On a lighter note, MP Basman, let's bring you back to the conversation, Pop. This is something you saw mula pa nung administrasyon ni Pangulong Noynoy Aquino, di ba? During the negotiations between the MILF and what was then the Office of the Presidential Advisor on the Peace Process? Actually, negotiations pa lang naramdaman na talaga natin, no? Yung malaking pagbaba ng instances of violence, yung spurts of violence nga. There were, I think, two to three years in the course of the negotiations when there was no recorded violence. So far from mga 200 per year, thousands per year, naging zero. So ang laking difference nun. Imagine, in those two years, consecutive two or three years, wala ni isang school na kinailangang mag-stop, tumigil ng uh, pagpapapasok ng mga estudyante niya. Walang ni isang pamilya na kinailangang mag-backwit. So ganun yung difference kapag I think the negotiating parties or the revolutionary group that we are talking to and the people, the communities that support them feel the sincerity of their negotiating partner, the Philippine government. So ganun yung parang lumalabas na kapag nakikita ng mga tao na itong track nga na to na peace process 
is going to respond to their uh, desires, to their clamor for self-determination, yung kanilang mga nireklamo na injustices, ay ganun ang, ang epekto. Walang magiging uh, instances of violence. But that situation is very fragile. Hindi naman ganun kadali ang sitwasyon. Remember that the history of the Bangsamoro is a history of disenfranchisement, displacement, and violence. So kaya naman may mga nag-alsa, kaya naman may mga nag-decide na bumuo at maging miyembro ng mga revolutionary groups is because they themselves felt violence. So yung mga injustices and a feel from state agents yun yung naging mukha. So anytime na makakaramdam ulit ng threat of that uh, breaking of confidence, nagkakaroon ng violence. So kita naman natin yan. Sinabi ko, nagkaroon ng Zamboanga siege, nagkaroon ng itong very recently, yung sa, nangyari sa Marawi. So fragile yung the peace that we are keeping and that we are building. Importante na nobody sits on their laurels. Nobody feels confident in our situation now. Like siguro two decades ago, one decade ago, some people would not feel comfortable living in this area. We feel na in the past, in the past years, in the past decade, madami even foreigners, even ambassadors, are able to visit the region. Even heads of state are able to visit the region without much fuss, you know, beyond the necessary fuss, I would say. So, uh, malaking bagay yung ganun, malaking leap yun na in terms of security. But we cannot be blind to the fact na kailangan actively natin tong pinaprotektahan. And for me, that means protecting the confidence of the people in the peace process. So for as long as people feel na itong avenue na to is effective in the redress of their grievances, nobody will be attracted to joining or participating in violent activities. Hopefully, in the future, dahil sa trabaho na ginagawa ni MP Basman at ng Bangsamoro Transition Authority, poverty and violence will no longer be so tied to the identity of the Bangsamoro. That is the dream. So let's just round out our discussion with the help of Prof. Termizi. We go back to Bangsamoro identity. Why is it distinct? Sino nga ba ang Bangsamoro? Of course, today, lahat tayo Filipino. Pero aside sa kanilang pag-Filipino, ay ina-acknowledge na sila yung mga tao na meron silang unique history sa Pilipinas. They fought for their identity, they fought for their spiritual identity, cultural identity, they resisted the colonialism, yung civilization ng mga Bangsamoro. No? Naging mas makulay ang Filipino civilization, Filipino identity, Filipino nation dahil may contribution ang mga Bangsamoro. Sa larangan ng kultura, sa larangan ng sining, importante rin yun. Na hindi lang conflict ang contribution ng Bangsamoro sa kasaysayan, kundi sa larangan din ng sining at intelektual, no? Civilization. May contribution din sila sa arts. Sino yung tinatawag na mga, na mga Bangsamoro, na mga Pilipino? They have unique historical uh, experience, no? Then, ngayon naman sa BUL, is uh, inclusive naman yung Bangsamoro identity. Kung sinong naninirahan dito sa Bangsamoro area na they want to be part of the Bangsamoro, they want to be a Bangsamoro, open naman ito according to the Bangsamoro organic. Importante yung map na bagay ng kasaysayan ng Bangsamoro na sana maisulat, maituro, 
lang sa gayon hindi natin makalimutan, maging guide natin as we forward as one nation, as we move forward as one uh, country. And moving forward as one country is what we'll get into in our third episode. Finally, titingnan natin kung paano nabuo ang iba't ibang kasunduan that paved the way for peace in the Bangsamoro. We'll get into the peace process and how it progressed over the last decade and look at the work that went into the creation of the Comprehensive Agreement on the Bangsamoro. You've been listening to Balangkas ng Bukas Stories of Major Policy Reforms, a podcast by Youth Leadership for Democracy or Youth-led, a project of the Asia Foundation and the United States Agency for International Development, powered by Puma Podcasts, with the support of the United Voices for Peace Network Incorporated. Ako po muli si Siti Fariza Esmail. At ako naman po si Trisha Aquino, Puma Podcast. This episode was written and produced by myself. It was edited by Carl Javier. The audio was put together by Carl Sayat. Additional research by Faith Navarro. Salamat din kay Nina Toralba. If you like this podcast, follow Balangkas ng Bukas on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. We'd also love it if you can spread the word about it and share it with a friend. Now, here's what you can expect from the next episode. A new dawn has come, the dawn for books, not bullets, for paintbrushes, not knives, for whole communities, not evacuation centers, and for rewarding toil, not endless strife.